Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Well, a very good Saturday morning to you. My name is New York Vinny. The name of the show is Drive Time, and we are so happy well, a very good to uh, be with to you. you here. My name is as we uh, work through the mirror. You know, Facebook is so weird. I, I, I don't know if you have the same problem with Facebook that I do. Maybe I'm the only one. Nathan is tech savvy at this stuff, and he knows a lot more about it than I do. But <clears throat> for weeks, Facebook had this one thing where you kind of came up on it, and it, you know, it, it canceled out the sound. It was it was great. Then all of a sudden, one day I come, you know, I turn the thing on and go to get on Facebook, and now you got the feedback sound again, and everything it was like they had me on some kind of beta deal to cut out the sound. It was Vinny's dream. Uh, and the, the dream turned into uh, a nightmare. It just wasn't fun. It wasn't fair. So, you know, but as we find out with Facebook more and more, everything isn't fair. Uh, you know, who got the money? Like like with the Bruce Springsteen tickets this week. I don't know if you've been involved in that fiasco, but let me tell you something. It'll turn you off on rock and roll forever. I'm trying to get tickets for... Uh, a big show. I'm sure that it happens with many different artists, not just Bruce Springsteen, but it's kind of a you know kind of a drag when you you know you're trying to get tickets and you can't get in, and uh, you know the ticket goes from 200 bucks, which is absolutely ridiculous for a concert, up to a thousand in a matter of two seconds uh, that they go on sale. It's uh, I would say that there ought to be a criminal investigation or a federal investigation, but there was a federal investigation about it, and they found that Facebook does nothing wrong. So once again, the little guy gets screwed. And it always bothers me so much with Springsteen because he's supposed to be the working man, you know, the the, the whole thing, and I, and, and I have such a long history of going to his shows and enjoying his music and for so many people it means so much to them but uh, as in everything else in life for these days it seems that he's all about the money too no difference excuse me while I kiss the sky here I've been experiencing a little bit of a sore throat and dry throat the last few days so <clears throat> you'll have to excuse me but how are you doing out there everything okay everything going fine good we had a Good show for you today, or at least I think it's a good show. Nathan will tell me after the show if he thinks it's a good show or not. Uh, he's with us. Good morning, Nathan. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. A little bit disappointed at the game yesterday, but hey, can't win them all. Yeah, I mean, if they won them all, it would be phenomenal. They almost won them all in 2001. They came about as close to it as anybody has. 116 games, and uh, Yankees are threatening games. that this season. <laughs> You know, it's funny, somebody had written, you know, I mean, I, I, for some reason, continue to go on Twitter and see what's going on on Twitter, and which is a big mistake in anybody's life. If you want to, you know, feel good about the world, don't look at Twitter. Probably it should be a rule, it should be 11th commandment, do not look at Twitter. But I do, I'm a masochist, what can I tell you? I, I, I need to have some pain in my life, and... 
So one of the tweets said, well, you know, it was kind of sarcastic, and this was about three or four weeks ago when the Mariners had hit their kind of skid spot there. And the tweet was basically, well, if the Mariners go uh, 72 and 10 for the rest of the season, <laughs> they'll, you know, they'll, they'll qualify for the, they'll win the division or something like that. And so last night I kind of figured it out, and they're on a track to go like, you know, <laughs> 75 and 3 the rest of the season or something like that. So, I you know, don't quote me on all the numbers because I'm just paraphrasing here. But and we know that they're going to hit bumps and spots and and this is and, and this and that, but uh, you know what? It's fun to watch Nathan right now, isn't it? I mean, even though they lost last night, it was still fun to watch the game, right? Absolutely, especially with the sellout crowd. In the eighth inning, they had bases loaded with, I believe it was one out, and Kyle Lewis almost hit it over the Pena, the shortstop's head, but he was able to jump up and grab it, and then that quickly died down the crowd. But I really thought we were going to get a hit and uh, possibly tie up the game. Well, and that's the thing is, see, you know, Many years you've gone to the ballpark and, you know, they've been behind, what, what was it, 5-1, to 5-2, to two, whatever it was at, at that point. And you'd say to yourself, ah, this, this team's not coming back. Let me head for the exits. Uh, but now you don't do that, right? You stay in your seat, you watch the game, and you think, well, listen, there's a possibility. Matter of fact, there's even more like a probability that this team will come back and, and either win this game or at least make it interesting. You feel like you're getting your money's worth when you're, uh, when you're going to games at this point. Especially when there's fireworks and a brand new drone show uh, to follow oh, the game. Yes. Let us not forget about the fireworks. Major League Baseball owners um, have figured out that, that's the, that the fireworks will soothe all pain of losing. You can't. Go wrong if you throw in a fireworks show. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are masters of that. They do about, I think, 81 of them a year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I don't think they do that many. But they do a large number of fireworks shows, and it's really to make the people forget about the losing. You know, the idea is to, if you don't have a winning team, at least send them home happy. And who isn't happy after a fireworks show? Not me, especially when they add in the drones for the first time. I don't yeah, know if you've gotten to see like a drone show, but it's really cool. They're able to make like different shapes and artwork with the different lights the drones can light up in. And they made silhouettes of the famous Ken Griffey Jr. swing where it has like the trail of the bat as he's swinging. Then Ichiro's uh, shirt tug with the bat in front of him as he's getting ready for the pitch. They yeah. put that up there. It's really cool what they could do. And in the meantime, the fireworks are still going off as well yeah it's really um i mean i went to a show no it was a fight they had fireworks it was a actually a preview for audi's e-tron uh down in san francisco i don't know five years ago or something like that four years ago and um it was the first time i had seen the drone fireworks deal and it was it was it just blew me away i mean it was just incredible how cool it was and, um, you, you know, you look at stuff like that and you go, wow, man, you know, what's this going to be like in 25 years? You know, when they, when they have this, this technology is even so much more advanced than it is 
now, and it's pretty advanced right now. It's, it just amazes me how they can get that to work exactly right and get all the drones where they're supposed to be. Some talented people, man. It's, a, it's, it's really is art. I mean, it's really taking fireworks and taking visual um, shows to the next level. But one thing you do miss is the bang and the explosions, and you get the oohs and ahs, but it's nothing without, you know, a yeah. firework going off. I, I I know, and there's, you know, listen, every, what did July be? Social media and everything is full of people who want to ban fireworks because it drives the dogs crazy, or the cats, or whatever animals you have in the house. Uh, and that's a shame because I guess, you know, people that like fireworks like, you know, like to have their, uh, their booms. Uh, I don't mind the booms, uh, you know, but... You know, I've seen dogs that go absolutely crazy. I mean, they get under the bed and, you know, people have to hold them in their arms and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know. There's not a clear answer for that one. But, uh, you know, you could you could see a day where the booming fireworks will be uh, will be no more. It'll just be visual. Heck, you could probably, you know, they'll just hand everybody out one of those, uh, you know, the glasses that people put on, one of those virtual reality glasses. Oh, yeah, or do like what the Space Needle did two years ago where it was all completely virtual. Yeah, it'll just all be virtual. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, that was, yeah, see, I don't, yeah, I like to see the fireworks. I, I like to see them live, you know, and I know that two years ago, you know, I listen, kudos to them for coming up with that kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, everything is changing, just like in cars. I mean, we see different things happening now in cars that 25 years ago nobody would have imagined. But all of a sudden, uh, every week seems to bring a different uh, a different kind of uh, innovation or something that uh, is is something you've never seen before. Something that you look at and you say, "Wow." Um, you know, I had, uh, we'll do the review on the car a little later, but I drove that Volvo C40 electric car. And that has something that I had never, ever, ever, ever seen before. And it's a first, and I, you know, it took a little bit of getting used to. But once I got used to it, I think it was kind of cool. Uh, I've seen, you know, I'm around long enough to remember... 60, 1960, yeah, 1960 Buicks that you would, uh, this was a, a, shows you how where the safety thing was in those days. You pressed on the gas pedal to start the car. Um, it was quite an interesting concept because if the neutral safety switch wore down, you'd press on the gas pedal, the car would start and immediately go from zero to 60 in, uh, you know, two or three storefronts. Uh, these cars wound up crashing into stuff, and it was a, what a mess it was for Buick back then. But in the Volvo C, you know, a few years ago, it, uh, you know, they started coming out with the push buttons. Remember, you know, you used to have to put the key in the thing and turn the thing, and the thing started up. That's three things, no waiting, uh, to get the car going, right? Now, Volvo in the C40 EV, was a spectacular car has um I, the only way i could could 
name it, is butt start. I, you know, butt start. That's the, the, you know, that's what it is. Uh, you have the key fob in your pocket. You open the door. You sit in the seat. And when you sit in the seat, the car comes to life. There's a sensor in the seat. And it won't start if your butt is not in the seat. I found it interesting. And here's the better part of it. If you lean over, the, you know how sometimes you lean out the left door and put your your arm out the door or something to see something or look back? If you lean too far and you don't have a big enough butt, the car will, <laughs> will stop. <laughs> I, You know, it, 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 as I was leaned out the door for something, the car just shut off. <laughs> because I guess the sensor is probably located, I guess, a little over to the right side of the seat. And so if you lean over a little bit to the left, you know, on your one cheek, it uh, it senses, I guess, that you're getting out of the car. And if you have the door open, which I did while the car was still running, and you, you know, you get out and you look, I was trying to actually get a picture of something, um, it shuts off. Interesting. Um, but again, I think it's, um, I mean, how far away... <laughs> How far away is butt recognition? I mean, really, we have uh, we have uh, the Volvo C60, I believe, has facial recognition where you get in your car and with the key fob, it'll recognize your face. You don't need the key. It'll just, you put your finger on a, a Genesis, has the finger on the dashboard. You put your finger on and boom, it'll start up. I mean, we're really getting to an, an interesting place in these cars where, I mean, I don't think we'll see it in the average $30,000 or $40,000 car these days, but it'll be coming at some point in the not-too-distant future where you won't need a key. You'll just put your fingerprint on there. No more lost keys, right? You're in the, you're in the system, and you just got to hope that the system doesn't go awry. Or somebody doesn't hack into it. But very interesting. And we'll talk more about that uh, that car a little bit later. But a lot of electric news this week. Matter of fact, most of the news coming out right now is about electric vehicles. I mean, that seems to be where everybody is, is going these days. And I think that uh, there's good, you know, there will still be internal combustion engine vehicles out there, but wow, uh, some of the stuff that you see, the projected stuff with EVs is amazing. Maybe one of the most amazing ones I saw this week on Monday, Chevrolet introduced uh, the their new EV Blazer. Now, when you think of the Blazer, you know, you think of that competitor to the Bronco. If you're old enough, you know, four-wheel drive, short wheelbase, um, off-road, kind of go up any hill, go down any hill, Ford streams, you know, all of that kind of stuff. 
that's the, the blazer that you know and you love, even though over the last 20 years or so, it became like kind of a family station wagon kind of car uh, from Chevy. But And then, of course, the last couple of years, they turned it into a, I don't know, an impotent version of the Blazer. I, I thought it, it felt more like a, a Camaro station wagon uh, than anything else. It borrowed a lot of parts in the interior from the Camaro. Camaro and, um, you know, it was, it was an okay car. It wasn't going to excite anybody or anything like that. I remember having a, 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 a 396 uh, four-speed Blazer back in the 70s. And, and you know, and that thing was like, one of the fastest things I ever driven. I mean, it was just a, a completely quick car. You couldn't steer it. It was hard to stop. But boy, did it go from zero to 60. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and had neck snapping torque to it. I mean, you could pull stumps out. You could do anything with this. You know, it was the, uh, actually, they said it was a 396, but it was the 400 motor that was in there. And it was just a workhorse, a bulletproof big block motor. And we thought at the time, the best of what America could do. But the new Blazer that was revealed this week is totally different. It is an electric vehicle. I think we have a, a, a shot of it there, Nathan, <clears throat> of, the, uh, of the Blazer. And it's the styling is... There you go. That's the blazer. The styling is beautiful. It looks like a cross between um, a, a coupe or a sedan and uh, an SUV. It looks a little bit more sedan to me than it does the, S the SUV. It reminds me a lot at first blush of the Volvo, where it is really a car um and really a station wagon, but yet has style to it. Has the back roof. It doesn't give you the cargo room. It's not a high back roof all the way. Uh, in the case of the Volvo, it's slanted down. In the case of the Blazer, here you can see that the roof line is tapered at the back. Um, this EV is, I think, is gorgeous. I think it's the best thing that Chevy's put out since... Uh, uh, you know, except for the Corvette in 20 years. I mean, it's just a beautiful car. And you'll be able to buy it in different variants. So you'll be able to buy your family sedan that'll give you a ton of range. I think it's the same uh, 300 miles, 275 miles range. Uh, but there's also going to be a performance version, an SS version of this car, the Blazer SS, which, according to uh, several people, is going to be over 500 horsepower. Now, you probably haven't driven one of these electric cars, but 500 horsepower in an electric car is neck-snapping. It is, because you don't have the ramp-up of the revs with the with the internal combustion engine, you hit the, the the pedal, and it's just turn it on and go. 
You know, it's like the three speeds on, speeds on the blender. You don't have to go up through them to get going. You just turn it on, uh, obliterate, and it obliterates whatever you put in there. So uh, a great car and something that I think that's going to be uh, wildly successful for Chevrolet. Also more, <clears throat> excuse me, on the family end of things, uh, they, uh, uh, if you go on Chevy's website, Car and Driver spotted this, that there's a, uh, a new version of the Equinox, which is a successful car for Chevrolet in a gasoline version, but that will be coming out in a, uh, an electric version, EV version. And I think I have a picture of that up there too, Nathan. That's a, a stunning-looking car as well. Not as stunning as the Blazer, but again, great lines. Um, around a $30,000 starting price. And um, it's they're expecting this will come out after the Blazer. The Blazer is expected uh, to be out in uh, fall of uh, 2023. So you can see that these cars are incredible looking cars. Will they, you know, the two things that you're going to have to get together here is number one, the range. You're going to have to build the bigger range, which I think is is coming along. I mean, I think they're looking at 300, like I said, 300 miles range in these things. Uh, you now have the Silverado EV. You have the Blazer EV, which you can actually go out and reserve right now by going to Chevy's website. Then you have the Equinox coming along that will join uh, the Bolt and the Bolt EUV. So General Motors keeping up with their commitment to electricity. And you can see, if you uh, take a look at these cars, that they're... Um, Phenomenal looking cars and um, futuristic when you look inside. Absolutely futuristic. The, um, you know, the Corvette will go electric at some point, or at least there'll be an electric alternative. And there's already people, oh, Lord, you don't want to be on the Corvette forums these days if you're a fan of electric cars. Because they, they'll stomp you right down. But this is the future. This is what our kids will be driving if we're smart enough to leave them a world that they can drive in. Uh, if we, you know, get on the stick and, and, and make this place a, a better place and leave them something to, to, to enjoy after we're gone, hopefully uh, this will go uh, toward doing that for so many people out there. Uh, also... Cadillac this week, and let's uh, throw that one up there. There's the um, Celis, Celis, Celis. <laughs> I'm having trouble today. Uh, there's the Celic, or whatever they call it, a Cadillac is. My best guess right now is Celestic. Celestic, thank you. Thank you very much, Nathan. You are right. It is the Celestic. Uh, but you can look at it and go Celestique. You could go. There's a few different ways, but I'll go with Celestique. I think Nathan hits the uh, hits the uh, the nail on the head on this one. Uh, Nathan, when you look at this car, what do you see? Uh, I see something out of the movie Back to the Future when they're in the future. Well, you know, funny, funny you should mention that 
because uh, the first thing that I saw when I looked at this car was an 80s Porsche. Uh, was it the 944 Porsche? Uh, which was, I think it's the 944 if I remember right. Uh, but that's like the first thing I saw when I looked at this. Uh, it had it had the back, you know, the back. If you uh, if you you pull one up, it's uh, it looks exactly the same. Not exactly, but it has uh, you know a lot of those design cues to it. I think it's a good looking car. Um, a little rear heavy, if you will, but I think that uh, for what Cadillac is trying to do, which has become a, you know, gain some of their status back as a distinct, a maker of distinct cars, a maker of luxury, um, a car that is immediately identifiable as a status symbol when you go down the street. And I think with this car, they, they accomplished that. I mean, it's still, there's nothing else out on the road uh, that's going to look exactly like this. And I think that uh, I, I like the looks of the car. I wonder sometimes when I see these plastic clad, you know, no bumper looks in the back, how long that's going to last in the parking lots of L.A. or here or New York or, you know, places where... There's a lot of traffic, a lot of contact between cars. People bump into them. You know, even light collision damage on a car like this looks like it's going to cost you four or $5,000. But with what the price tags are looking like they're going to be on these cars, you might not be worried about that. You might be just in a place where I just want the status of pulling up to the country club or the golf club in this unique looking, and I listen, I'll call it, it's a beautiful vehicle, I think. But that's, you know, and again, you're looking at electric, you're looking at a car that uh, is, is designed to catch your eye, to look different, and probably cost around $140,000, $150,000. I think that's what this will probably wind up going for by the time it's all over. So that's the Cadillac coming up. That's what GM is doing. They've been very busy uh, this week and uh, in introducing these cars and getting them out, uh, uh, you know, prototypes and stuff out to the public, I guess, to gauge opinion. Uh, I'd be certainly interested in what you think about uh, these three cars. Uh, and you can always email me at uh, Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. That's Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. I know I'm a little bit behind on my emails uh, this week, so if you emailed me in the last two weeks, I'm get, I'll get back to you. I just, um, uh, just there's been some things happening, and I've had to uh, devote my attention uh, to other places besides answering all of my emails, which happens to me every once in a while. All right, Nathan, you have a question you'd like to ask me? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> By the way, Nathan, I have a question for you. Oh, yeah, what's that? What are you driving this week? Um, well, I guess maybe what better question would be than what am I been driving for the past month? 
It's been it, more than a week that I've been driving this car. Well, yeah, but in the present sense, you're this week you're still driving the car you were yes, driving sir. last week. Yes, sir. Yep, and the week before, and the week before. And uh, so that's the Camaro. You've turned into, uh, uh, do w- women with big hair stop you on the street and say, hey, Nathan, nice car? It does turn a little bit of heads. It's got uh, the white color, and it's got the, you know, kind of sort of red, white, and blue Chevrolet Camaro badge on the side. Nothing too much other than that. It's a rental car, so it's pretty base model, and, but still, it's a lot of fun to drive, and I don't know how much you want me to talk about it right now, or if you want to wait until we, I give the car back and we can do like a little review on it. Yeah, 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 we, we, we could do that and do a little review on a shop and everything, but I will... Uh, um, I'm just interested from the perspective of parts and stuff like that. What is the reason that they're saying? Because I, I've seen the car, I've seen the damage. I mean, it's something that when I owned a body shop way back in the uh, in the Stone Age, uh, you know, it would have been a three-day job, uh, in and out, boom, boom, boom. Uh, are they giving you any reason why it hasn't been fixed yet? I gave them a call back uh, about a week ago, and I'm going to give them a call back this week again. And they mentioned that they found some supplemental damage in the door jam and stuff like that and the masking. So that was not part of the photos they took and initially sent over to the insurance adjuster. So they had to, you know, go over that detailing and get it approved by them so they can continue with the work on the car and make sure it's covered. And that's what's causing the delay. Wow. That's... uh... Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's just amazing to me that uh, it would be it would take a month for uh, a repair like uh, what you see on your car, oh, uh, especially because you just it's not they're not go, you know, it's not like a part shortage. Um, you know, I, it's it's phenomenal to me, but. Hopefully uh, things will uh, get resolved for you because I know how much you love that car, Pally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will be happy to have it back. I'll say that. I mean, the Camaro's a lot of fun, but I'm ready to have my car back. Yeah, I mean, it's your car. You're, you know, it's not like me where you, you know, everything you, every week you're driving something different, so it doesn't really affect you. You, you, you have a a love affair with your car, and you want your car back, right? Exactly, and it's a really great daily driver, and we'll get into more of that information or details later, but that's just one of my gripes about the car is its ability to be a daily driver. Well, this this um, this week I'm driving something that uh, probably would make a good daily driver uh, for a lot of people, uh, the 2022 Honda Passport Trail Sport. Now, say that five times fast. I, I don't I think don't I can even that. say it one time. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the trail sport version of uh, the Honda Passport, which is an SUV that I like a lot. I think that Honda does a great job uh, with this uh, vehicle. It is uh, a larger SUV. It uh, is roomy. It's uh, a decent driving SUV. It uh, it has nice road manners. It's not anything that's gonna you're not gonna mistake it for a, a Porsche uh, or a you know a, 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 a you know road handling kind of car. But for what this car is used for, 
it's more than adequate. It's a, it's a good, stylish, square, you know, no dips and stuff like that SUV. That gives you ample room in the front, uh, ample room in the back seat, and a lot of cargo space. So uh, it, it gets a lot of kudos. But what Honda doesn't have is a reputation for going off-road. So with the trail sport, they're trying to catch some of those people who um, might want to venture a bit off-road. Might, uh, as, as we talk about, uh, might want to get up to that cabin in the woods that's by the lake where you can get away from all the idiocy that goes on in the world. And what you get with this car is you get a lot of look. You know, it's got nice embossed seats. It's got, uh, you know, um, a little bigger tires on it, uh, some slight suspension modifications, but it doesn't get, it's much more show than it is go initially. Now, last night I took it down the Mountain Loop Highway, which is kind of my off-road testing area. Uh, You know, you take that ride from Granite Falls up to Darrington, and you encounter all different kinds of terrain and potholes and and ruts and everything. And it handled that okay. Uh, But I don't know that I would take it like up to Pilchuck you know, up, up the mountain and try to take it off into the, some of those trails that are up there. I might not try that with this vehicle um, if I didn't want to get stuck. And I don't really want to get stuck. I'm not a big getting stuck kind of guy. So, again, the review is incomplete. It's, uh, you know, just what are you driving this week? We'll have the complete review for you next week. But, uh, you know, in an in initial glance... Uh, it is a, a bit beefier, uh, a bit more, I don't know if you want to call it macho, but it, it certainly asks you to go off-road. I guess the question is, is can it carry you off-road? And that's the question that will be answered as we review it this week. But a uh, nice-looking car uh, and uh, good V6 power in the Honda uh, transmission is snappy and good. It moves when you want it to move for the most part. A couple of, couple of uh, questions when it's making shifts. But for the most part, this is a, this is a, decent, uh, a decent ride for Honda. It certainly gives uh, the person who wants to um, have orange stitching in their seats, uh, not to be confused with the butt start from the Volvo. <laughs> I don't know why they don't call it butt start in a Volvo. I mean, they just ought to call it for what it is, you know? Um, anyway, so that's our that's the Ario Vinny. What are you driving this week? Uh, roomy, nice, um, but not really, uh, it seems, your big-time off-road. Nobody's going to trade in a Toyota Tacoma for one of these, okay? Uh, unless they found out they have, you know, they look in the back seat and say, well, I need something for the kids. Then then you have a shot here. All right, take a quick break here. We come back. We got a cartoon of the week. I think you're going to like this one. And uh, the drive-by truckers will be our uh, our guests this week on uh, our Saturday morning cartoon. And we also have our review this week coming up on Drive Time Radio Road Test. We'll tell you all about the Volvo C40, which is uh, I got a chance to drive 
last week and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. It's Drive Time Radio, New York Video, right here on 1150 KKNW. All right, now let's see if we can find first. No, that's not it. Believe me, it's in there somewhere. No matter how rough you treat a rebel, it's awfully hard to hurt it. A survey of professional driving schools shows that they use more of our cars than any other kind. How am I doing? A lot better than yesterday. Turn left. I can't do it while you're watching me. Okay, turn left. No, no, here! How does it feel the first time out in traffic, Mr. Moss? Mr. Moss? Mr. Moss? Look out for the truck! What truck? Behind the bus! What bus? The Rebel has held its own against some of the worst drivers in the world. Should I turn the windshield wiper on? At this point, it looks like the Rebels are going to outlast the teachers. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. That's right. Wherever you go on vacation, you can uh, carry us along with you here at 1150 KKNW Drive Time Radio. It's Saturday morning. We get a chance to talk about cars and uh, try to hip you up as to what is happening. I know that we talk about electric cars a lot, and I try to keep a balance of electric and internal combustion and, and working some hydrogen. It's just that, uh, as I as I often say, we are in this this revolution right now in the automotive business, where electric cars are just uh, you know there's improvements and there's new models and there's things coming out every week on this scene new automakers uh that you um that you that started from nothing one of the one of the more interesting automakers that uh, is coming along and we're going to uh talk to somebody because i'm fascinated about uh starting a car company uh starting uh you know to bring cars to the united states is uh vinfast and I know the name is a great name, uh, but this is a Vietnamese company that is um, uh, building uh, a huge factory down in Georgia. I think it's Georgia. Maybe it's North Carolina. I'm sorry. Uh, it all kind of melts together for me down there, north of Florida and south of Virginia. Uh, but they are coming to America with a couple of really uh, outstanding-looking SUVs, and you know you have that. You have uh, uh, Rivian, which has started up, and you now see their vehicles on the street, both the pickup trucks and the R1S SUV. Uh, that's all electric. I was charging up next to one uh, the other day, and uh, really a spectacular-looking vehicle, unique-looking. So the electrics are coming, and. Uh, my job, I think, is to inform you as much as possible about them and what's good about them and what's bad about them. All right, time now for our Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, again, we delve into the area of daddy and sitting on his lap when you're a young man or young woman and learning how to drive. This is the Drive-By Truckers with uh, Daddy's Trophy right here on 1150 KKNW. There you go, the drive-by truckers. Daddy's Cup is the name of that song from the Dirty South. 
uh, unique in that it's one of uh, the only car songs that I think we've played. Uh, and I guess we can go back and think about uh, everyone we've played over the past three years, which uh, we try to have a different one every week for. And I think we've succeeded in that almost uh, every week. Might have been two or three times that we, you know, did, used one repeatedly. Uh, but uh, certainly a cut that is uh, Daddy's Cup about uh, the uh, races and the drive-by truckers, one of the only cuts that is sung by a band that's also has an automotive name, the drive-by truckers. So a little piece of meaningless trivia for you, but that Athens, Georgia, great band. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but certainly uh, a band that uh, has a lot to say, has had a lot of success, uh, come under a lot of criticism, too, because you can't exactly pigeonhole them into a specific genre. I mean, a lot of people will say country. A lot of people will say uh, southern rock. A lot of, you know, I mean, they fit into a lot of different uh, categories. Uh, but the music and the lyrics always seem to be uh, good, uh, meaningful, and well done. And that's enjoyable, what you expect out of enjoyable music, isn't it? All right, that's our cartoon of the week, our Saturday morning cartoon. We bring it to you every Saturday morning. Why? Because cars and music go together so well, right? I mean, let's face it. You're driving down, you know, turn on the music. You're driving down the road. You go to a road trip. You're driving down the road. And don't forget that you can take us with you if you want to listen to this uh, fine example of a radio program on the road. You can always stream us uh, or find our podcast at Apple Podcasts and all of your fine podcast providers. Uh, we are there and we are, uh, uh, you know, informing and keeping your company on the road. And uh, we enjoy doing that very much. We enjoy spending time with you, even if you're on vacation. And, um, by the way, uh, this week, uh, again, another week of gas prices coming down. And I know it's hard to notice around here because many places are still over $5 a gallon. But uh, when I was coming back from Darrington last night, I noticed a couple of places where gas was in the 460s and 470s. Uh, up on um, that road that goes across. You know, again, the trick here is to not buy your gas next to the interstate. Do I have to tell you that? You know, you move away from five and the gas gets cheaper as you go further away in most cases. But if you're going to, you know, pull off of I-5 and buy your gas there, yeah, you're going to pay more money for it. Uh, But the gas is coming down. And uh, the uh, profits for the oil companies are going up. (laughs) Never let it be said that uh, people didn't make a buck when they had the opportunity, right? This is, after all, America. And uh, also some interesting stuff going on with car dealers. Yes, those people that you go in and you buy your car from. uh, More and more manufacturers are getting upset about uh, dealers that are charging, or at least publicly upset. Now, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but publicly, 
the manufacturers are getting upset at dealers that are charging over MSRP for their cars, over sticker price. People that see that uh, in, in the manufacturers going, you're killing us, you're ruining us. Uh, because people are going out and paying more for the car than they deem it, uh, the manufacturers deem it to uh, to, to want it to sell for. I was reading something the other day, or, or was watching, maybe I was watching the YAA guys, who we've had as a guest before, and somebody wrote in that while people complain about dealers selling over sticker price, the whole idea of the automotive business is for you to go in and get the car under the sticker price. That for years and years and years, people have been benefiting and buying cars under the sticker price. And that, so why should anybody be upset when you go in and now you have to pay over the sticker price for a car? That dealers are, uh, you know, it's pricing these cars as to what the market will bear. And being that there's a shortage of cars, they have every right to charge more because that car is worth more. People will pay more money for that car. So in essence, he was saying everybody shut up and stop complaining about dealers. What, what do you think about that? What, what, when, you, you know, when you hear that, I mean, because there is a modicum of truth to it. I mean, for years, people have been going into dealers and getting cars under MSRP. And people will quickly bring up the point, especially people that buy cars, uh, that sell cars, I should say, will bring up the point that MSRP means manufacturer's suggested retail price. And they put a big emphasis on the suggested. Um... I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I actually, I do know. I think the guy has a point. I think there is, there is a point there that, yes, people have been going into car dealers for years and trying to bargain down to the best deal. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really become a joke in our society because you don't go into uh, Macy's and buy a bottle of perfume and say, well, you know, you guys want fifty nine ninety five for this bottle of perfume, but, gee, you know, I only want to pay $42 for it. And, you know, I said, well, let me go talk to my sales manager. And they come back and stick the arpege in a bag and say, here you go, $42, out the door. But, <clears throat> you know, cars are one of the only places that we bargain like that that we have this negotiation that goes on. And um, manufacturers are trying to get away from that. It's worked well for Tesla. It worked well for um, Saturn when they did it. And dealers like, uh, not dealers necessarily, but manufacturers like that idea of uh, if that car is $59,000, that you're going to pay $59,000 for it 
in California. You're going to pay $59,000 for it in New York. You're going to play, pay $59,000 for it in Oki Finoki. Dealers, not so much they like that. Dealers have a very different concept of that. All right, time now to take a look at our uh, radio road test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this week, we take a look at the uh, Volvo C40 uh, electric uh, uh, recharge SUV. And what they've really done here, Volvo, is taken the XC40, chopped a little bit of the roof off in the back uh, to make... A, uh, a really nice vehicle. Two electric motors give you 402 horsepower, standard all-wheel drive, a spectacular interior, but let's start on the outside. It's a very good-looking vehicle. Uh, uh, proportionate, nice uh, wheels on it. The blue color of this vehicle is fantastic. More people stopped and looked at this color, and especially what people loved is the blue carpeting that's inside the car, made a nice difference in this car. It surrounded you with uh, just a good, happy feeling. I don't know why blue carpet makes you feel so happy, but it did have lots of places to store stuff on a very well thought out and beautiful interior. Uh, Google infotainment system in there, and it works perfectly. You sit up nice and high. it's, uh, as I said, in the driver's seat, you have butt start. So you have to kind of get used to that a little bit. But other than that, boom. I mean, it's really uh, a well fun car to drive. Uh, as I said, the one I drove was about $64,000. You get the two electric motors. And uh, it really <clears throat> uh, kind of was very reminiscent of the um, Mustang Mach E that I drove. It just worked really well. Everything was uh, comfortable. Lots of cargo space in this thing. I suggest that if you're in the market for an electric, you take a look at the XC, uh, excuse me, the C40. All right, that's going to wrap it up for another edition of Drive Time. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We will join you again next Saturday morning at 8 if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Thank you so much to Nathan for making everything work so well. Have a good one. We'll see you next week.